Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunst coming in along with Father Ryan Moravitz from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota on Real Presence Live. Father Ryan, good morning. Good morning, Father Rich. How are you on this wonderful winter morning? Good. It's uh, good to be with you again. Just saw you last night at RCIA. It was a good night last it was, night, wasn't it? It was a good night, yep. Um, would you start us off with a prayer, Father Ryan? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we ask for your blessing and your grace upon this show uh, this morning. We ask... Lord Jesus, that you would be present to all of our listeners, that they would be drawn close to you, especially as we approach this great season of Lent ahead of us. Mother Mary, we ask for your intercession and your prayers and for all of our guests this morning and, and for our conversation. Uh, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much, Father Ryan. Now, before we got on the air, just before we got in the air, um, Eli said, don't forget about me. So, uh, Eli, how can I forget about you? Well, I just wanted to make sure, you know, there's so much, so many things that are going on here. You know, it's, it, it'd be perfectly understandable for you to have a, a, a lapse. And uh, Eli, we would never forget you, brother. <laughs> Thank Eli. you, Father. No, it's just like Jerusalem. We're never going to forget Jerusalem. We're never going to forget you. Don't want my right hand to wither. No. <laughs> or, or, or my tongue to cleave to the roof of my mouth. Yes. So, Eli, what's going on? No, what's going on? We couldn't do radio. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded weird. <laughs> Eli, uh, what's going on on the show today? All right, here's what's coming up on this morning's Real Presence Live. Catholics at the Capitol saw more than 1,000 Catholics from across the state of Minnesota descend on the state capitol for a special day of prayer and advocacy. The Diocese of Duluth's Bishop Paul Serba will share his biggest takeaways from the event and talk about how attendees can use the, the knowledge and tools they received going forward. And have you heard about Servant of God Nicholas Black Elk? What does Servant of God mean, and why do we put it in front of his name? Bishop Robert Gruce of the Diocese of Rapid City will provide answers to these questions and others as he shares his hope that one of the next Native American saints to be canonized within the church will be from his diocese. And do we as lay people do enough to support our parishes? Sometimes we can have the mindset that it's up to the clergy to keep things running smoothly. But as Trish Lasky will tell us, we have more of a responsibility to be involved in parish life than you might think. That and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. Father? Great. Thanks a lot, Eli. Thank sounds you, like Father. Sounds like, sounds like a good show. I think so. You did a good job, as usual. Oh, thanks. You're now it's your turn to do a good job. Yeah, I know. Oh, as as usual. I've, I've got a longer period of time to do a good job on, though. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a, I, I, get, I always get nervous about that. So I, Does that mean it's, like, it's harder for me because I have to do a, a good job in a shorter time? Or is it harder for you because you have to do a good job longer? It's harder for me. Okay. But you did a good job. Oh, thanks, Father. Yep. We'll see you at the break. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, Father Ryan, Father ready for Rich. another good show? I think we're ready for another good show. It should be another good day. 
Yeah. I always like the live call-in section, you know, coming up at 9.30. That's always Yeah, but up. how come you always have me answer the questions? Well, then? because I usually don't know the answers to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to that part, too. That's uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the show. It's not my favorite part of the show. My favorite part of the show is when the bishop is here. The I bishop. love when the bishop's yeah. here. He's the best. <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking of. <laughs> speaking of. Oh, bishop. Oh, yeah. I didn't surprise, even see surprise, you there. Surprise, I snuck in. <laughs> Thanks, <Wow>. fathers. <laughs> it's so good to see you. It is It is indeed. It's great to see you guys. Thanks, Definitely. bishop. My, thanks. my Reverend Fathers, thanks for doing this show. Yeah. Are you oh, surviving the cold, Bishop? You know, yeah, I think by this time of the winter, it seems like you get acclimated to it. I don't know about you. I mean, yeah. it's happy to have a little more sunshine. That's always the a good thing. The sun has been nice. Yeah. It's been beautiful yeah. out there, really, with the snow. But but it's, I mean, we're way below the normal temperature, though. Yes, so we are acclimated, cold. but we don't want to be acclimated. No, we don't. We're looking forward to spring. I mean, that's no. definitely part of the... Hopefully been, we have a warm Easter Yes, yeah, that Easter vigil, you have to bring build a big fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise. Well, you can stay warm that way. Yeah, you can. So uh, did you see, I mean, uh, I don't know if we were saying this, I think it was before the uh, we went on air, but the record that we're getting to in Duluth about the number of days continuous without hitting the 32-degree freezing mark. Oh, you'd have to fill me in. You know, I haven't really been paying attention to the statistics. Yeah, I think Sorry sa- about that. Saturday, if we, Saturday, we're supposed to hit 32 in Duluth, and that yeah. will be the 59th day since we hit 32 last. Oh, my gosh. 59 days straight since we hit 32. Wow. And that would make it like the third longest streak in all history. That's incredible. And I've been intrigued. Of course, you know, watch the lake freeze over. They say right. that we're not quite to 100%. It's like 97%, least, I think, right now. So we might make that mark, too. Yeah, we might. It's yeah, crazy. it's still making ice out there. I mean, it's still cold, it's cold, crazy. cold. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, we didn't come here to talk about the weather, but we did come <laughs> to talk about something that's pretty important. Bishop, I know that... Uh, you were at the Catholic at the Capitals uh, that we had just last week or a couple weeks ago now. It's a couple, it? yeah. Maybe you can uh, speak about what's your biggest takeaway of that event, or just uh, like a the recap of what it is for those that are listening that you know don't know what it is and what your biggest takeaway was with it. Yeah, I want to uh, provide that uh, opportunity, a little background for Catholics at the Capitol. Um, it's the second time we've done it in the state of Minnesota, and a shout out to Min- the Minnesota Catholic Conference for organizing the event, and it was. I would say highly uh, successful, a great opportunity for our lay faithful to be involved. And Catholics at the Capitol is about providing Catholics in the pew with an opportunity to meet their legislators at the Capitol and overcome some of the maybe fears or misconceptions that they have about politics, a way for them to get actively involved in order to bring the voice of their faith um, to our country to mm-hmm. our state and uh, bring that to bear on the common good. And so we had about 1,100 Catholics from across the state of Minnesota um, coming to the state capitol and attending a big conference at the River Center in order to help prepare them, you mm-hmm. know, for the day of meeting their legislators and representatives. So yeah. it was a, a great event. We had um, some keynote speakers, Archbishop Chapu from Philadelphia. I heard Jesus was there too. Jesus was there. Jim Caviezel was a, a big draw, I think, for people. And then Gloria Purvis um, emceed the day, and she did a phenomenal job. All of them did. And then through presentations and um, uh, small group meetings, uh, individuals were uh, introduced to how the political process works. And then actually they met with their state senators and uh, representatives were the were the state senators and representatives pretty uh, um, amenable. I mean, were they were they um, 
being cooperative in this event? or Yes, they were. They're very receptive. I think uh, politicians do want to see their mm-hmm. constituents. And when people actually show up, um, as much as we use, you know, uh, the Internet for things, I mean, to meet a person face-to-face and hear from their constituents is very important to them. Yeah. So I think it was highly successful that way. And it's also a very bipartisan thing. You know, uh, society is pulling itself apart in so many ways. Um this, through our Catholic understanding and approach to things, engages um, policy people and elected representatives. It build builds bridges, you know, mm-hmm. between them when people are coming face to face. So yeah, and to do it on the state level, I mean, it's the media that portrays, you know, focuses on the federal level. We right. hear about Congress and the president, but to do it on the state level really doesn't make a lot of news. And so, all politics is local. I suppose this is where you'd have the greater impact when you're dealing with your state legislators. And that's where you know, who all who might be listening, especially to our, you know, uh, well, our Catholic brothers and sisters, you know, in a, in a certain way, you know, it's like um, we need to be engaged. Archbishop Chapu, I'll quote from him a little bit. He said, "For Catholics." Uh, inserting our faith into the public life isn't just a privilege, it's not just a right, it's a demand of the gospel. Um, so we need to sit with that, you know, brothers and sisters, to really take that in, because we're trying to, as church leaders, provide the principles for people mm-hmm. in terms of our Catholic social teaching, but it's really up to the lay faithful, I mean, to be engaged in this way. And so right. whether it's whether it's Catholics at the Capitol, which we offer kind of on an every other year basis, or the Catholic network, which we're encouraging people to get involved so that they can follow and track different pieces of legislation and weigh in on them, um, or to take, you know, run for office. Mm-hmm. It'd be wonderful to have people of, of faith to, uh, to take that initiative and actually put themselves forward as electable candidates. Yeah. I, Archbishop Shep, who's really made a name for himself in this area, hasn't he? He wrote that book, Render Unto Caesar, I think, that really focuses on this subject. Yeah, he wrote a couple books, one called Strangers in a Strange Land, Living the Catholic Faith in a Post-Christian World, and um, the book that you referred to, Father Rich, uh, Render Unto Caesar, Serving the Nation by Living a Catholic Faith, Beliefs in the Political Life. Um, so he's written a couple of books, and has been a strong advocate, is a very compelling speaker, and, you know, by his life and witness, I think even even more so, you know, mm-hmm. encouraging us to live out our Catholic faith in the public arena. Yeah. Bishop, this day was promoted as a day of prayer and advocacy, so it's a both-and thing, right? Can you talk about the importance of prayer in politics? Yeah, thanks, Father. That's yeah. super important. And actually, we made it very intentional to begin the day with um, Mass, and so um, the bishops, Archbishop Hebda, uh, let us, Archbishop Shapu, uh, all the bishops of the state of Minnesota, and all the lay faithful who could make it, we gathered for Mass at 7 a.m. before we began the whole venture. And so, Where was that at? It was at the Church of the Assumption, downtown St. Paul, so um, not too far from uh, the River Center, not a long walk. It was a cold day, though, living up to what we talked about earlier, but we had a great showing, and um, Arch- Bishop Lavoir gave a wonderful homily again along the same themes about the necessity of uh, participating but that it begins with prayer so father ryan right to your point you know everything we do and our actions it's entrusting ourselves to the graces of god and to give us strength to do what we need to do and and so that was the beginning of the day and throughout the course of the day you know we broke for prayer um in the capital rotunda one of the meaningful things for me um, people were praying the rosary all day pretty much and um so we'd have these, as people were going off to visit, um, you know, running from the Senate office building or other um, locations around there, uh, 
we were surrounded by prayer throughout the whole day and asking our Lord's and our Lady's intercession uh, to help us. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Richard Kunz, along with Father Ryan Moravitz, coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, and we are talking to Bishop Paul Serber about Catholics at the Capitol. One of the, um, uh, as you said earlier, Bishop, one of the big draws, I think, for the lay faithful was uh, actor Jim Kravitzel. What what role did he play in this? He's the one that, of course, played Jesus in Mel Gibson's movie The Passion. Yeah, and he was, um, I think, as a, a man of conviction, you know, he was uh, providing encouragement to all the faithful. He was also, I must say, a draw, you know, mm-hmm. to help encourage people to come. Uh, they had an opportunity beforehand to a select group, you know, to be able to meet with him and, and listen to a personal testimony. But he gave a, uh, you know, a powerful witness, I would say, at the um, formation part of the of the morning. He presented, um, he began with a, a video of um, Mother Teresa's address at the prayer breakfast years ago, mm-hmm. you know, about life and uh, protection of innocent human life. That was during the, the Clinton administration, if I remember correctly. I think you're right, yeah. yeah so... Among all of the powerful people of the world, you know, here was a, a religious sister, you know, making a testimony. And then Jim Caviezo built off of that, you know, with his own um, personal testimony about coming to deeper faith mm-hmm. uh, through the making of the Passion of the Christ and just encouraging the faithful that are there to, mm-hmm. to live what it is we believe. This might be a little bit off topic, but I saw images of that talk, and he looked a lot like Jesus again. Is he doing another uh, preparation for another movie or something? You know, I don't know that he's done that one with uh, on St. Paul. I mean, mm-hmm. most recently. He didn't uh, spill any news yeah. about another religious film, but I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. yeah. So, Bishop, what would your advice be? I mean, obviously, we're talking about getting engaged in politics here when we talk about Catholics at the Capitol. What would your advice be to a faithful Catholic that wants to run for office? Boy, uh, I think there are some good Catholic legislators and representatives, and we have some good Catholics who are presently serving either in our state or on a national level, and to be in contact with folks like that, you Mm -hmm. know, to learn a little bit more about the the process or how you do that, unless you're already involved. Um, But to reflect on the gifts and talents that you have, and beginning with prayer, um, really ask yourself the question, you know, am I being asked to do this in our culture at this time. And we have some phenomenal Catholic people, my meet, you know, and I think, gosh, they've got skill sets that mm-hmm. would be wonderful if they yeah. ran And for if you look office. at it as service. As you look at it as service. And uh, in our day and age especially, I think that's the encouragement is if we don't do it, brothers and sisters, I mean, that's where evil certainly can triumph is if good people aren't putting themselves forward. Uh, you'll be subject to all kinds of challenges, you know, and sometimes ridicule, but the opportunities there for helping our nation to embrace the common good and the respect and dignity owed to the human person from conception till natural death and all those kinds of things in between. Um, it's a great opportunity to serve. And the thing is, is that the, you know, the Catholic Church, we, I mean, politics and religion, those are the things you don't talk about, you know, right. and, and, uh, the, the idea of, you know, it's very tempting to be partisan. You know, as Catholics, but the church does not align with any political party completely. No, it doesn't. And, you know, the American way, as we know, where religious liberty is the, the, the first, you know, of the principles. And, uh, you know, our, our nation was founded this way and we still enjoy, compared to so many other parts of the world, uh, a religious liberty and a freedom, you know, that we want to continue and to foster. And so from our founding fathers to, you know, Martin Luther King or others, you know, have played many there have been many voices that have played a very very important role in this way and to know that 
to get through or cut through some of the partisanship, you know, we're not imposing or trying to impose our beliefs, but we're proposing to people what we believe to be true and just. And our advocacy today as Catholics transcends political boundaries. It's aimed to be principled and not partisan. So we definitely have a place, and especially today where truth is, you know, elusive or relative. You know, we bring to bear what people need to hear to be free. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's it's very interesting to see the the interplay, and you know, obviously, we know that Catholics don't vote as a block, you know, and there right. can be a lot of discussion within that uh, that context within the faithful people as well, and where they land on po- political issues. What's your what would be your uh, um, uh, last thoughts on uh, on Catholics at the Capitol from this year versus maybe your past experiences there? I just reiterate, you know, the opportunities that we have. As I say, I want to thank the Minnesota Catholic Conference for an extraordinary job here. We're, we, we're trying to help form people. And so in another couple of years, we've been doing Catholics at the Capitol. If you missed it or weren't uh, able to come, we want to do all we can to get you there. Mm-hmm. And then this Catholic Advocacy Network encourage people who are frustrated, you know, with our world. It gives a way forward for that anger or energy or whatever, a positive way to express, you know, our our uh, need to be involved. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what encouraging my final words are. It's hopeful, you know. It's what we're called to do. Yeah, we yeah. can't be discouraged in can't the midst be discouraged. of the, the battle and the struggle of Absolutely. it all. That's why that prayer is so important Exactly, that we stay close to the Lord in it all, you know. Well, thank you, Bishop. It's uh, good for us to talk with you about this subject in particular. Politics is always on the forefront, and so thank you for joining us. Thanks, both of you, Father Rich, Father Ryan, for your great work on Real Presence Radio. And uh, they got a big fund- fundraiser coming up, so hopefully right. we'll yeah. see you there. And we'll see you there. Everybody else, prayers for a beautiful beginning to our Lent tomorrow, Ash Wednesday. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Bishop. Now, uh, when we come back after the break, we'll be opening up the lines to try and stump the priests with... Uh, is that what this is? Well, I don't know if priest? it's called stump the priests, but <laughs> straight talk. Straight talk. Give a call in, folks. 877-795-0122. Or uh, look us up on Facebook. After the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Our Catholic listeners, it's probably the, the majority of you that are that are listening and calling in and, and giving. We appreciate that so much. And, uh, and it's just an opportunity to continue to grow, you know, to continue to grow in your faith. We know our faith isn't, isn't limited to what you know in your head, but what you know in your head does help move your heart. And Catholic Radio is a great opportunity to engage in the faith, to learn more, to learn more about doctrine, to learn more about the gospel, to learn more about the scriptures and those essential elements of our faith. I also know that Catholic Radio really helps to reach people who would never darken the doors of a Catholic church, who, mm. who don't know, who don't have a, a relationship with the church, and yet, you know, through whatever reasons, God's providence, they find themselves listening to this radio station, and uh, and I and I personally know that that's that's been the source, or that's helped many people on the way to conversion and deeper faith in Jesus Christ and, and the life of the church and the sacraments. So. 
Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. RPR is looking for an enthusiastic marketing director to help with overall marketing efforts. You'll be a key part of the development and execution of marketing plans to reach targets from brand awareness to mission promotion. This position requires a visionary and creative individual who can take the lead and focus our marketing for RPR activities and create a unified approach for the network. Degree in marketing, communication, or related field preferred? For a copy of this job description, email Tonya at yourcatholicradiostation.com or call 877-795-0122. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. Good morning. Welcome back after our first break to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kuntz, along with Father Ryan Moravitz, coming to you from the Chancery Pastoral Center of the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota. So, Father Ryan, what's on your mind lately? You know what's on my mind? I, and I, I talked about it this weekend in my homily, is what would cause you to leave, leave, leave the Catholic Church? Wow. You know, because there's a lot of people nowadays, there's lots of reasons to believe in the church, if we're, yeah, if we're I, really honest. I didn't yeah. expect you to get this deep all of a sudden. How, how about that for jumping That's in I, the no, deep No, no, what'd you say? So, um, I talked about all the reasons of, of why people are leaving the church, and there's a, mm-hmm. lots of reasons, from local to big mm-hmm. to universal. Yep. And as I reflected on it last week, there is one reason that I would leave the church, mm-hmm. and that's the Eucharist. Why you wouldn't leave the church. Why I would leave right. the church. That's the one reason why you would leave the church. The Eucharist. So what'd you say? Well, it's that if the Eucharist is not, if the Eucharist is not what it is, if the Eucharist is not what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't. I don't. I, why? Why stick around? Yeah, but how would we ever prove that it's not what it is? It is what it is. That's hypothetical. Well, it's hypothetical, but it's also if my faith wasn't there, mm-hmm. if I didn't believe that Jesus Christ is truly present right. in the Eucharist. And I hadn't, I hadn't experienced the things I've experienced in my mm-hmm. life. And if I haven't learned what I've learned, because you know, through study and prayer, I've come to a faith in the Eucharist, the Eucharistic yeah. faith. If I didn't have that, absolutely, You'd have or no if that went away, yep. I really like that would be the reason to say, you know what, this is silly. Yeah. So for me too, it's kind of this reality, like yeah, there's people leaving the church for all these little reasons. Mm-hmm. And they're, 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 a big part of why they're leaving is because they, they haven't been fostered or nurtured in, in a Eucharistic faith. Absolutely. What is St. Paul? Is it St. Paul that says something like, those who have left were never with us anyhow? Yeah. You know, they didn't really have that faith to begin with. And, you know, it is, that I like that idea, actually. I mean, that's a good homily idea because, you know, I mean, so many people are leaving for, like, human reasons. And, and my line to people is like, don't let somebody have so much power and authority over you that it affects your relationship with God. Right. Don't give them that power. You're giving a person that's maybe sinned big time 
even more power. Right. They're having power over you and your relationship with God. That's ridiculous. You know, you stick with the faith despite that. Yep. Because there's so many things right now. I mean, even for me, there's like, it's so, dis- it can be so discouraging with all the different things going on from parish closings to things going on, you know, in the midst of, um, you know, the church yeah, itself right. universally. And right. like, we'll, we'll get through. We always have. The yeah. church has always come through in the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ and especially in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is that one thing that right. has remained through the centuries. Yeah. And I think, I think it's the reason the church is still here. Of, if of the course. Eucharist wasn't real, I think we would have been yeah. dead in the water Absolutely. centuries ago. Pa- so. Padre Pio is the one who said it'd be easier for the earth to exist without the sun than without the sacrifice of the mass. And I totally buy into that big time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another one of my lines that I say repeatedly is that if the Catholic Church doesn't have it right, then I'm going to become a Hasidic Jew. Because if we don't have it right, then we're still waiting for the Messiah. Yeah. Uh, the Messiah is yet to come. We're still waiting for him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's something to think about, huh? Are you excited for Lent? I am. I, I don't want to scandalize the listeners, but I'm not a big Lent fan. I don't, I don't like fish. It, it's 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 certainly <laughs> yeah, I don't like I, mean, I like I like walleye. That's what, that's I like what walleye. Lent is about. Is fish. Well, it's not only that. I mean, I, I wasn't done. I mean, and it's certainly the workload. It gets a little bit more intense for us. No, that's true. Lent. Yeah. You know, and and um, it's a somber time. If I was looking forward to Lent, I, you look forward to parties. You don't look forward to somber times. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I'm I I know I recognize it as enriching our faith, but it's just. I mean, I've said it from the pulpit that this is not my favorite time of the year. But it's so important still. Yeah. You know, it helps us grow and it gives us a chance to like step back to a little bit and yeah. refocus. I was talking to uh, a guy yesterday on the phone and he was talking about him and his wife are excited for Lent because like it's just it's setting them up mm-hmm. to be able to to take a step back and and right. refocus on right. on their faith together. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the church in the liturgical seasons is it gives us these different opportunities every year to to pause or to, to refocus. And, and I think, you know, I like to, to recommend to people um, adding spiritual things, like the weekday Mass in particular. It's like, you know, if you're going to do something for Lent, do something extra spiritually. Yeah. You know, go to go to weekday Mass. The, there's so much, you know, I mean, there's always a value, of, of course, of quote-unquote giving something up if you do it in a proper mindset. But uh, there's so much more value to going to weekday Mass rather than giving up chocolate. Yeah. The spiritual value for your own soul that is what is much more powerful. So do something extra in your spiritual life, especially weekday mass. That's the number one I push. Uh, you you won't know until you're up in front of God at the pearly gates how valuable daily Eucharist was to you until you get up there. You won't know. You know? Yeah, and you know, you think about going to daily mass, that might mean sacrificing some time or energy from what you would normally be doing or wanting to do you know, at that point in your day. And so there is a sacrificial nature to that as well, right. of like giving up some time or a plan or your normal routine. Um, but one of the things we're doing in our, my parishes is, you know, I'm adding a Wednesday noon mass oh, okay. as an, another opportunity for people sure. to come to daily mass during Lent. Right. Um, so Wednesdays in Lent, we're having a noon mass with confessions um, at 1130. And so, uh, you know, yeah. It, it's providing those extra opportunities as well. You know, we do a, we do hours of adoration sure. in Lent. You know, we do a 24-hour period. and Yeah. It's really being able to focus on the Eucharist, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the Eucharist being being center, there's no doubt. I mean, the that, that, that importance of weekday Mass, I, you know, 
my parishioners certainly hear me say that, you know, the health and well-being of a parish is more uh, observable by what happens on the weekday than what happens on the weekend. And so I am always pushing weekday Mass as such a central part to our being able to, uh, you know, get closer to Christ. Because as you said at the beginning, the Eucharist, that's what it's yeah. all about. It makes it a Eucharistic life. And once you have a Eucharistic life, right. you know, it's kind of come good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we, we stick it out because it's sticking it out with Jesus at the cross. You know? Right. Yeah. And and uh, um, Lent is also not a time for, you know, temporary improvement. Right. When we get towards the end of Lent, I encourage those people that started going to weekday Mass, like, you know what? It's not about giving up going to Mass now on Easter. You know, you've gotten to the habit, you know, if you're doing this because of Lent, let's keep it going. Yeah, that's Lent exactly is, right. Lent is not temporary improvement time. It's to re-engage our faith life completely. And so hopefully Lent is a beginning of something new that continues on and not just for 40 days. It's a, it's a great time for growth, huh? No. Yeah, and including Sundays during Lent as we've had this conversation. We've had this conversation. I had this conversation with my women's Bible study yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. And you, you gave, you're the Catholic light version, right? Well, no, I'm, I'm, it's just the reality. The Sundays are not counted in the 40 days. <laughs> but we wear purple. But it's a Sunday in Lent. It's and a mini Easter. And right? we don't do glory. So you, you can do a, a, a small break from the fast, if you will. I think that we the church do, allows that. I, does, well, well, I mean, it's, it, I mean it's, it's, it doesn't say one way or the other. But I would say it's more appropriate to take the break from the fast on two days during Lent. The Annunciation and the Feast of St. Joseph. Why those days? Because They're those part are, of the 40. Those are solemnities with the Gloria. Well, okay, that's fair. Thank you. But why aren't the Sundays counted in the 40 days then? Jesus didn't go to the Holiday Inn when he was in the desert for 40 days on Sundays. Why are the... You didn't answer my question. Why aren't they? Yeah, why are the Sundays not counted in the 40 days of Lent? <laughs> somebody decided, they're a that, Sunday somebody of Lent, decided yeah. that a long time ago, and we are a church of tradition. Yeah, somebody decided that, <laughs> you, you know, it's still a mini okay, Easter that's right. celebration. That's all right, it's Father Ryan. You eat a... all your candy that you want on Easter Sunday. <laughs> I don't eat candy. You can, you can even just skip Mass on Sunday no, if I, you're I, going to Mass extra I, during I, I'm Lent. just saying, you know, like on Sunday, let's say you, you know, you've given up, you know, Coca-Cola, and normally on Sunday you'd have like four Coca-Colas. Well, can you have one on Sunday during the Lenten fast? I think, I, I think on the th- third Sunday of Lent, maybe, when we wear the rose color, when you let up on it a little bit, but not every Sunday. I see, and I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that, that's it's okay. If, it's days. okay if we disagree. We can agree to disagree. Yeah. Well, enough know that, that I'm I'm more right than you are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that. I don't think our listeners believe that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's hear from our listeners. Part of the show. Tell us what you think, folks. Yes, you can call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. You can ask any question under the sun. You can share any thoughts that you have with us as long as they're uh, appropriate. 877-795-0122. We are here to answer your questions. You can also look us up on Facebook. Go to Real Presence Radio on Facebook. You can send a message in through Facebook, and we'll get the, the question or the comments, and we'll talk about it. So send us your questions, your discussion points, comments, and uh, let's have a conversation here this morning on Straight Talk. And here's the deal is that if you don't call in, if you don't submit a question, then you're just going to be sitting and listening to Father Ryan and I talk the whole time. About so whatever we, what what, we choose. Yeah, whatever we choose. That can be like anything. Lame because, you know, Father Rich brings up some boring topics sometimes. 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. If you're driving somewhere, take out that cell phone, 
pay attention to the road, but you can make a phone call. Uh, if you're just listening in at work and you want to like get a quick question in, or if you're listening at home, call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two. If you're driving the kids to school, well, school's already started, Father. Not right? for everybody. Some of these schools start late. I, I promise. You promise? Okay, <laughs> that was a weird comment. Okay, I'm sure you do promise. But that's all bizarre. So you, promise isn't so, the right word. So you, you promise. I know. You promise that some of these people. Okay, I believe. You. I know that you, there's people out on the road driving their kids to school because some of these schools nowadays they don't you, start till like you, midday. You, you, you promise. <laughs> okay, I believe you. I believe you. Know, you. One of the things that is the worst is when I do something like that around you, whether we're on a pilgrimage together or at dinner oh boy, or whatever, it and many times. you jump on that so well, bad, and the then it's just, you're you going to drag this on for you realize the rest of the show. how stupid the comment was as soon as you said it, because you looked at me with those eyes like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because I knew what was coming at me. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Please save Father Ryan from this embarrassing moment. I want our producers to find some of the clips that we have of Father Rich saying ridiculous things. It's, it's, I know we have it's, sound bites, and we could talk about some of the silly things you said. I am not denying it. I'm not denying it. I say dumb things, too. but I'm usually pretty I, nice to I, you. I've been, I've been I, really good. I promise I've done dumb things before on the air. <laughs> Please save this program. Call in a question. Give us a call with a question or a comment or a discussion point. You can also check it out on Facebook, Real Presence Radio on Facebook. Send in your question there, and they'll get us your question. I promise you can. <laughs> so, Father uh, Father Ryan, if you want to continue on this discussion about Lent, but I do think that that's a kind of it's kind of like maybe it's a it's a discussion we've had too many times on the air, and people know that you're wrong and I'm right. So, and I didn't wasn't it Bishop Lavore last year that agreed with me. I think bishop so. Lavore did agree no, with you on no. that. You don't become a bishop for no reason, you know. Well, that's true, you know. Um, but you know, some of those dynamics are. I still, it's. I don't know why the Sundays aren't counted in the forty. Well, you go ahead and do whatever. I you need want somebody. I need you somebody. Do, if somebody knows why the Sundays aren't you, counted in the forty, could you call in? You do whatever you want during and that. educate this us is, on this. This is between you and Jesus at this point, Father Ryan. For my part, on Sunday, somebody get on Google and start researching it or something. All right, it looks like yeah. we have a looks like we. Hey, have we a got a caller on the phone. Great, Pat from Fargo. Are you with us? Hi guys. Hi, oh, hey, Pat. hey Pat. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. I'm on the road. It's a little slippery, but uh, yeah, be careful. While you're my driving. question, I will. Um, my question is about Catechism, paragraph four six zero. Wow, that's specific. Um, You're doing this on the road, Pat? You're not reading the catechism uh, on the road, I'm not, are you? No, I'm not, but I've thought about it, and I have the uh, the main phrase from 460. I've got it memorized. I've thought about it so much. Um, my son left the church because, in part because of 460. Huh. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and tell us what it is. Well, it, uh, to paraphrase, it says, the Word became man so that man can become God. Yep. It makes it sound, sound like Mormons, and of course we're not. Right. Um, but I can't explain it. Why is that in the Catechism? It's, it actually comes... You know, at best, no. it's confusing. Right. And it, it my, and I could be wrong on this, but my understanding that that originally finds its, uh, at least in the more theological realm of explaining it, comes from St. Augustine, yep. I believe. 
And uh, so it's an ancient saying. I mean, it, it's something that came from early Christianity. You know, and here's the other way of, um, I mean, here's one way of looking at it. It's like, you know, you are what you eat. That only applies to the Eucharist. We were talking about this a little bit earlier before we started the call and part of the show is that, that when you receive the Eucharist, the more you receive the Eucharist, the more you become on to, onto like Christ. All right. So when you eat anything else, you don't really become that. But when you eat the Eucharist, you become more like Christ. And the whole idea of Christ lowering himself down to us, we call it the kenosis, the abasement of God to us is to raise us up. And so when we hopefully are one with God in heaven, that's exactly what we are. We share in his divinity by being one with him. We don't lose our identity. We are who we are. But we raise up and we become one with God in heaven. And that could not have happened had not Jesus become man. Another way to, to put it in an understanding, too, that, that maybe makes sense in kind of the, the modern mindset or our, our thinking now is the divine became man so that man could become divine, share in divine life, much like Father Rich just talked about with this whole kenosis thing. Or one might think of it as the eternal became mortal so that the mortal might become eternal, that we're called to eternal life that God came and shared in our downfall and in the reality of death that we face so that he could bring us to eternal life, to share in life eternal with him. So it's this whole concept of God came down to save us so he could bring us back up and, and be able to live out divine life, live within the life of the Trinity. And if we live within the life of the Trinity, we become part of God. And hence, we, we become one with God. And that's what the saints are. Does that, does that make sense, Pat, or help? Absolutely does. It really does help. I still think um, the catechism language might be changed because yeah. it's, it, it leads to the wrong ideas well, yeah, about the, the church. The other thing that you have to recognize about the catechism is that the catechism's purpose originally was written for bishops and how bishops could take the catechism and then apply it to catechesis in their own diocese. So it's actually a very uh, theological, in-depth uh, um, book. You know, and so unless you're really equipped with that theology, lots of things can be confusing in the catechism. But uh, thanks, Pat, very much for the call. Hopefully this will yep. help a little bit. Thanks, Pat, guys. God bless you. Yep. Yep. Good question. Yep. Right. Looks like we have a, a, a so, question from Facebook. So, Father Rich, from Facebook, I'm Jennifer. Jennifer, thanks uh, for listening today, and thanks for uh, doing some research or sending us a response to what Father Rich and I always argue about this time of year. Jennifer said, you know, in our answer, quite a response to Sundays in Lent, she says, because Sundays are celebrations of the death and resurrection of Jesus, they are automatically considered days of joy and cannot be considered days of fasting. <laughs> which I've been saying the whole time in a different kind of language, right? It's like looking at it from two different angles. So the way I provide my own opinion in regards to looking at Lent is that this is a model of Jesus' time in the desert. 40 and, days. And in his desert, he didn't take a break every, he didn't take a break once a week. That's true, but he did 40 days of fasting. We do 40 days of fasting. The 40 days of Lent are our 40 days of fasting. Right. And the Sundays so does that mean that... Does that mean, Sundays are not coming. So let me ask so you this then. Does it have to be continuous? No, let me ask or this. does it have to be 40? So the 40th day is actually Wednesday of Holy Week. So does that mean that you quit fasting on Holy Thursday and, and Good no, Friday? No, because you enter into the Triduum fast. Oh, so it's more than 40 That's days. That's different. Then. No, the Triduum is not Lent. It's different. Wow, you need to take the G101 again. <laughs> All right, so we got something else. Oh, thanks, Jennifer, by the way, for, yeah, uh, Jennifer, for trying to give a point to Father Ryan. Jennifer, I really appreciate it because I think you're spot on on that. Yeah. 
So. Well, there, like I said, there's two ways of looking at it. I provide to look at it as the um, uh, the more, you know, I mean, the more Catholic way. Yeah. I like to do it the more Catholic yeah. way, right. where we don't take breaks in our fasting. Yeah, you're tough. Oh, thanks. You're tough. <laughs> I hey, appreciate folks, that. We're, uh, we're straight talk right now. You can call in live at 877-795-0122. Um, give us your question or a discussion point. You can also look us up on Facebook, Real Presence Radio, and put your question in there. Um, yeah, let us know what you're thinking about. Let us know what you're wondering about. What kind of questions do you have? You know, it is it is interesting. What um, our first caller, Pat's uh, question, really led in very well with a conversation that we were having earlier about the reasons to leave the church. Yeah. You know, I mean, his call hit it on, and and you know, so many people have so many different reasons, and then to take a, a line out of the Catholic Catechism and say, I, I have a hard time with this. You know, and you know, I'm going to give uh, the benefit of the doubt. They're really struggling in their faith. And they want some theological clarification on things. And so what you were saying earlier in our, in our banter back and forth is, is exactly what we just saw from our caller, Pat, his son, looking at something and really struggling with it on a theological level and say, you know, we have to, we have to, we have to at least look for the answers. Yeah. You know, if, if you just say, well, I have a problem with that catechism paragraph and I'm not going to pay any attention to anything else, then you're being disingenuous. But if you're searching, you'll always find the truth if you're searching. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, we, I think you and I both have experienced it and many of our listeners have experienced this, this reality where people will say, well, I left the church, I don't believe in Catholicism because of this, right? The line in the catechism, for instance. Mm-hmm. My response oftentimes in those conversations is, well, tell me what, what, how you understand that. Exactly. And so they'll explain their understanding of a line like that in the catechism or our belief in Mary or something. And usually at the end of their explanation of how they understand this component of the Catholic faith, I usually look at them and, and say, you know what? If we believe that, mm-hmm. I would be out of here exactly. too. Exactly. So let's talk about what we really believe and what, what we mean. And so it's, it's really digging into that and, and discovering it through research and study and conversation and prayer with the right people. Exactly. So sometimes we're not talking to the right people mm-hmm. about, well, what does that mean? And it's blind leading the blind kind of a Every, thing. Everything in the Catholic Church, everything the church teaches is logical. Everything. Yeah. Nothing is illogical. You you just need to have somebody or look for somebody or look for something that connects the dots of the logic. Right. You know. So uh, we'd like you to call 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. We're looking for callers to uh, bring into um, uh, some questions of the faith or just anything that they might be struggling with to, to talk to us and you know, we have, as I mentioned uh, last month when we were on the show, it's like so much of EWTN Radio's call-in shows on a national level. We have this opportunity to do that on a much more localized level with Real Presence Live and, and to speak to some of your local priests and talk about subjects on a, on a more intimate level in regards to uh, aspects of our faith that you might have. You can also look us up on Facebook at Real Presence Radio and submit your questions um, on Facebook. And uh, we'll we'll comment on questions and anything that you'd like to discuss this morning. So that's 877 So um, Pope Francis um, has recently, uh, and he's talked about this before, about the danger of gossip yes. in the church. The and readings last Sunday were, of course, it was perfect for right. that. Right. So, you know, he's he's warned and, and challenged us to, to stop looking at the shortcomings of others and gossiping about them and maybe tearing them apart or speculating mm-hmm. about them, um, like to really avoid that. Well, uh, why do you think that's such a struggle for us uh, as a people? And uh, yeah. 
I mean, it's, I mean, it's throughout. It's throughout humanity. It's throughout history. I mean, if Jesus was talking about, they were certainly doing it back then. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's. Uh, you know, I. I'm sure that there's a psychology behind it. That the more we knock somebody else down, the better we feel about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you want to feel good about yourselves, and so you do it in a way that's not right. You know, I mean, uh, feel good about yourself because you're Christian. That's how you should feel good about yourself, and because Jesus died for you. But you know what? We all struggle with this. This is just such a part of the human condition. It's like our how, our pastime. How know? do you, how do you you know? I think one of the struggles too is like people want to like break from it, but maybe mm-hmm. in their circle of friends, like that's the yeah. routine and the norm. Uh, exactly. And they're they're often like, you know, how do I like change the conversation, right. or how do I move the conversation somewhere else, mm-hmm. or challenge my friends or my family members? And you know, it's tough it's because, because you might be attacked for trying to change yeah. that, that conversation. So and, it's scary for people, right? And, you know, during uh, my homily this past weekend, I said, for Lent, maybe try and give up gossip instead of giving up chocolate. Yeah. You know, try and do that because if you're conscious about that, if you're really conscious about that during Lent to give up gossip, it's tough. But it's a good thing. It's a virtuous thing. I think one of the things, you know, that can help, you know, when you're trying to give up something like that, such as gossip, right? Because mm-hmm. how do you track that? You know, I think like, well, how do I, how do I keep track? I wish I had, there was like a, a buzzer on my yeah, arm or yeah. my, my watch would buzz mm-hmm. every time I'm gossiping. Right. I think one of the great ways to, to counter it is to practice a daily examine. Sure. So maybe at, at noon, you stop and do an examination of conscience of your morning and to look to, to ask yourself, have I gossiped anywhere in the morning? And then maybe you're on your way home from work and you're in the car or something and you can examine, well, how was my afternoon? So during Lent, you could, you could say, well, what did my afternoon look like? Was I gossiping? And you can kind of track it daily through a, a, a discipline of a daily examine through Lent. It's a great way. And then at the end of the day, do the same thing. Yeah. It's a great way to kind of have that little bit of a buzzer on your arm right. to, to be conscious of it. Um, because otherwise it's tough. I mean, if if I give up coffee and I'm sitting here having a cup of coffee, well, it's it's that's easier to to be aware of. Sure, sure. Um, Looks like we have a caller to talk to us about this very subject. Is is uh, Lance on the line from Mandan? Yes. Hey, Lan- Lan- Lance. What's your question? Yes. I was just kind of. I'm trying to figure out if it's more. I don't know, better or more important, or however you want to say that give up like a physical thing like a food choice or something to that order rather than giving up like an emotional problem I I struggle with or something to that effect am I making sense yeah Yeah. oh yeah absolutely and this is this is what we've been talking about this is the I think this is the constant balance that we want to have during Lent I I personally now there's different ways of looking at just like Father Ryan always banter about different ways of looking at Lent I firmly stand on the side of trying to do something virtuous, get into a habit of doing something virtuous, getting rid of a bad habit, rather than giving up something that you like, like sweets. I firmly stand on that side. And, and Lance, it, there's three things that the church really calls us to, and we see it in the, we'll see it in the reading tomorrow, the gospel reading. But that's prayer, almsgiving, and fasting. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So it is that call to, to do something to enhance your prayer, your time with God, your worship of God, um, your relationship with God, um, to fast from something. And it might, you know, a bad habit, you could fast from a bad habit. You could fast from something that you really enjoy as an offering to God um, and as a way to grow spiritually, to, to be sacrificial. 
And then almsgiving is to, you know, do something good above and beyond what you're normally doing or might be sacrificial, um, be it giving of time, talent, or treasure, to go and do something more during Lent in preparation for, you know, the celebration of the Paschal Mystery. So it's really focusing on the Paschal Mystery, too, of the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus to do something good, to do something sacrificial, to unite ourselves to everything that Christ does. Um, and, you know, here's another thing about Lent as a whole, uh, Lance, is that the sole purpose of Lent is to get you closer to God. So look at everything that you're doing, and is this going to get me closer to God? And to be careful not to, you know, become uh, self-congratulatory on things, because sometimes we can say, well, I did this, I did this, I'm doing really, really good, and then we start getting the focus off of our relationship with God, and we get the focus on, boy, how good am I doing, you know? And so Lent's purpose is to get us closer to God. You choose in the sincerity of your heart, what is that? What is that going to get you closer to God and then do it? And, it? and it's important to not think of Lent as like New Year's resolutions. I think sometimes we can kind of think of them in, in similar mindsets. Like rebooting the New Year's yeah, resolution. Yeah, like a New Year's resolution. It, it, it really is meant to draw us deeper into the Paschal mystery. Thank you, Lance. That was a great question. Very good. Very good. Did, All right, I'm have just a real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Real quick. I just, yep. in a way, in my own mind, before you guys described it so well, let's put it that way, it was to me it seemed more imperative to try to do exactly what you brought out rather than an easy thing, which would have been a food choice or something such as that. That, but that, that carries a little more weight. Am I correct yeah. on that? Or yeah, that absolutely. Uh, yep. Okay. Yep. You have a good life. Thank you. You too. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks. God bless. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it it all runs together. I mean, like we were just saying what Pope Francis said based on what the Gospels were and, and the, you know, Lance's question and just the whole concept of Lent. You know, the today's Gospel had Peter saying to Jesus, you know, we've given up everything. Yeah. You know, it was like, and that, that's kind of where I went with my daily homily. It's like, you know, if, if any indication of Peter's other comments before Pentecost are evident, we can probably guess that he was kind of whining. You know, well, Jesus, we gave up everything. What do we get? And that's exactly what we want to avoid during Lent. You know, we want to, we want to say, okay, this is to get me close to God, not self-congratulatory. That's the point. That's what Lent's about. That's one of the things. Um, I know you do this, and I've I've tried to do this even back in seminary days. You know, everybody kind of shares what they're doing for yeah. Lent, and it's kind of like <clears throat> I don't I don't think people are competitive. I think they're curious. But I've always been one to try to like not talk about exactly. it. So that self-congratulatory thing, or to have the humility to sort of, you know, it's it's the whole go it, you know, go behind closed doors and yeah, do exactly. this. You know, and we'll hear that in the gospel tomorrow a little bit. And no. it's this dynamic of like, well, I don't want to tout what I'm doing for Lent. It mm -hmm. can become a source of pride, actually. Exactly. You want to avoid that. So call eight seven 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 nine five. 0122, or you can go on Facebook, but 877-795-0122. We're looking, we had a, a couple of calls. One of the interesting Some things, great about, questions. one of the interesting things about straight talk is that we tend to, at least, at least in the past, we tend to get a lot of questions right at the very end. So if you're listening in and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to call, I'm going to ask, do it now, 877-795-0122, cause you might get several other callers at the last, at the last minutes, what we're trying to avoid. Hey, and there's no ridiculous questions, folks. You know, don't, don't hesitate. Um, you know, so so call in or let us know on Facebook uh, what you're thinking about, what you're wondering today. Um, one of the things that w that I did for Lent a number of years ago in my parish is that. So now you're gonna you're gonna tout. No, 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 no. This is not for me. That's not what I did. It's like, but um, well, I did do it. But uh, 
you know those little um, uh, rubber um, bracelets that people wear? Yeah. They're very kind. They have little sayings or something like that. So at the beginning of Lent one year, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years ago, uh, it said, thou shall not complain. And every time you complain, I said to them, you switch it to the other side, to the other hand. So we're so negative. You know, not only do we, not only do we talk behind people's backs and gossip, we tend to be really negative as yeah. we, we always, even if they're really small things, you know, little small complaints. Can we be more positive during Lent? And so I'd everybody, and I had one guy who wore it for like two years. And so he wanted to be so focused on it. It really struck him as like, and he may have worn it even longer than that, but I remember a couple of years later still wearing that very same thing to try and stay positive. It's just various interesting things that we can do during Lent that might not be normal, traditional ways. It's really good. Um, you know, one of the things that a lot of people are doing right now is this Exodus 90 movement. And so yeah. we just had a, Facebook, a yeah. Facebook listener who, um, who threw the question out, what are your thoughts on the whole Exodus 90 movement and other similar Maybe explain programs? what that is, Father Ryan. So I don't, know, I don't know all the details of the Exodus 90, and I might get some of this wrong, so I apologize to anybody who's doing Exodus 90 or knows more about it. Um, I know there's some, some guys around yeah. the diocese and stuff here in Duluth that are definitely doing Exodus 90. So it's a, it's a rigorous 90 days of a lot of sacrifice. It's like double Lent, basically. It's like a double Lent to help you grow spiritually, and you... I, my understanding is it, it's meant to be done kind of in support of one another, not kind of stand alone. But it's things like I, I think they give up alcohol. Sometimes I don't know cold, caffeine. Cold showers. Cold showers. So they're you know it's it's not there's like taking away all these like daily comforts. Um, uh, and then also <laughs> uh, also praying in front of the Eucharist. I think every day. Yeah, I think that that's part of it. So um, yeah, we're getting some notes on this. Good. Um, the producers are giving it no snacking between meals, no desserts, um, regular prayer. Um, I like that. <laughs> um, regular holy hours. Um, so there's lots of good stuff with it. Um, I've kind of joked with a few of the guys I know that are doing it, and I said I've never, I would never do it. <laughs> I know. Exactly, I said the exact same thing. I said, "Boy, you're really good." And I don't want to discourage anybody, but people look at me like, "Father, you're not supposed to say that." I'm just, I'm just like, "I'm just like that's intense, yeah, man." Yeah. And um, I think I think you have to know yourself, and I think you have to know your daily life too. Like, are you going to be able to do that? You know, um, is I've, had, it, I've had a couple of guys say, "I don't know why I'm doing this." Yeah. it's like it's like why why am I doing this? Because it's it's it is intense. It's like, imagine just that cold shower. Yeah. Except for you know what? It's here's the thing. This is where you this especially is especially in the middle of winter. Well, I know, but this is where you're going to like say ha ha because except for Sundays. They get to take a hot shower. On do Sundays. they get Sundays off? They do. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's what I understand. At least that's what one of the guys see. Told they're me. smart because they they're they're truly Catholic. They believe in the Sunday but I celebration. Think, I do think you know the question is well, what do we think of it? I I think it's a good thing as long as again it doesn't become self congratulatory. The point you know you don't want to do something like this Exodus ninety or Lent and just be a self congratulatory thing. You know. Oh, so it says uh, we can relax one of the disciplines on Sundays and solemnities. So one of the things, so they could take a shower, yeah. they could snack. Right, or have a beer. I think it's something, too, and I think, you know, and just in Catholic spirituality, it's something that you should pray on and ask God if he's calling you to do it. Absolutely. And because... You can be misguided. You, you can, can be misguided into it, and it, and it may not be good for you or your spiritual life, and it, and it could be as well. So it's kind of these things of... Asking God, well, what what are you calling me to to yeah. grow closer to you? And sometimes it would be something through Exodus 90. It's not just running with a crowd always. Yeah. You know, we can kind of feel these pressures within the Catholic community as though, well, I have to do that because these Catholics are doing that, or I have to do that because these Catholics are doing that. 
It's saying, Lord, what are you calling me to, mm-hmm. to grow closer to you? And if you hear him saying, you know, I'm calling you to this Exodus 90 movement because I've put these people in your life and I'm, I'm calling you to share in that with them to grow closer. Great. Yeah. I haven't felt that right, call, right. right? What, you, what you say? So that, I don't feel bad about not doing it. Call 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. We're talking about the Exodus 90 program right now. Lots of things going on. Uh, it just quickly reminds me of the story of two of my favorite saints, St. Saint Dominic Savio and St. John Bosco. So St. Dominic Savio is this young, you know, he died at the just before he turned 15 of natural causes, canonized saint, and he was being too rigorous of on his uh on his, you know, fasting and whatever he was doing as far as like um, penance, and Saint John Bosco, his teacher, called him out on it. So no, Dominic, you don't do that. This is you're, we're not all called to do these things. And and in John Bosco's wisdom, being the teacher of another saint, he said no. Saint Dominic, he didn't call him saint because he didn't know Dominic. You have to be careful on your level of penance. And just because you read about these saints doing these incredible levels of penance doesn't mean you're called to do it. And so he was actually toned down you know one saint calling out another saint yeah you have to know yourself that's one of the things about the saints is they've got this incredible self-awareness of who they are and what they're called to in the heart of god so the way that i always say it is you know who are you in the heart of god and you have to live according to that saint francis was saint francis in the heart of god and he lived that out authentically and he was called to that Mm -hmm. um and those around him were called to it as well which is good but it's it's not doesn't mean everybody is exactly right? the whole town of Assisi didn't go and live this right. this life, but some were called. Well, to and it. then even in that reading that we just had too about the you know the rich man who went away sad because he had too many belongings. You know, I you know I mean people say, well, what are we supposed to do with that? Are we supposed to get rid of all of our stuff? And my line is like, we've had kings and queens and very wealthy people be canonized saints. So people that had extremes amount of wealth are canonized saints. The point is, is that what is what 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 owns you, not what do you own? You know, I mean, do your belongings take a focus off of Jesus? Then we got a problem. But you can be as rich as can be and still be totally focused on Jesus. And that can be with time, talent, treasure kind of a, a mindset if we talk stewardship. Because what we're blessed with from God, be it time, talent, or treasure, mm-hmm. we ought to we ought to use for the glory of God and for growing in our relationship. And oh. if it owns us, and it's not being for the glory of God and the building exactly. of the kingdom... Time, talent, or treasure, right. even poverty, can destroy us or it can build us up. A- absolutely. Everything's got to be looked at in balance. So we got 877-795-0122. We have only a couple of uh, minutes before uh, we close out this segment. So give us a quick call at 877-795-0122 if you've got a question about anything under the sun. Are you going to the fundraiser next week? I am. We got, yeah, we got a great fundraiser. Right we have here a Real Presence Radio real presence, yeah. dinner. Uh, Yep, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and and Dr. David Anders, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I I think that he's got to be like the smartest Catholic I've ever heard. I mean that guy that guy can answer any question and he pulls everything out of thin air in regards to citing you know verse and chapter of whatever. Hey, we got a caller right here at the end of the segment um, on the phone, Sierra from South Dakota. Welcome to the show. Are you there, Sierra? Sam, yeah, can you hear me? Oh. Yeah, yep. there you are. Welcome, Sierra. What's your question, Sierra? We have one minute. Um, so on on Sunday, Father said, "I want I challenge you guys to make your Lenten commitment, then tell five people about this, and like accountability partners." So I was just curious on how you guys think about this and how you ask for accountability partners without them thinking, "Oh, you're just being judgy or trying to help each other out." This mass. 
or this length. Yeah, I, wow, that's great. Um, I think accountability partners, um, good Christian friendship is important to help us in our relationship with God. We need each other to be encouraged and challenged. So I think that that's really good. I think it's praying about and, and asking God to lead you to the right accountability partners, if you will, to those right friends, that it won't be a gloating, right? Um, but it can also be a, a healthy, holy um, accountability um, that that you can give each other and encouraging and challenging one another through the Lenten season. So I think that's a really good idea. Um, but praying, praying on that. Thank so, Sierra, great question. Thanks for calling in. Thank I hope you. that helped. Thank you very much. After the, a uh, lot of good questions. Thank you for the questions that were submitted. Uh, after the break, we'll be talking about servants of God. What are they and who are they? And is there anybody local that might be a servant of God? After the break.